Welcome to the Laurie Lawrence podcast, Stuff the Silver, We're Going for Gold. This podcast came about by me wanting to value add to my online swim teacher and coaching platform, WorldwideSwimSchool.com. It was simply an idea that I'd read and share chapters of the two books that I'd written about my eight Olympic Games adventures. And when I run out of chapters, I'd interview some of the great sportsmen and sportswomen that I'd encountered over the 50 years of my international coaching career. Tell your friends, if it helps one person expand their lives a little or achieve their dreams, it will have served the purpose. If it doesn't do this, try at least to remember, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. One step at a time, Glenn Buchanan. I taught Glenn to swim and moulded his career all the way up to that magnificent swim. A swim which was the absolute best he could do at the moment of his life. A coach can ask no more of a charge than he or she achieve a personal best. That done, they can hold their head high no matter what the outcome. This story began when I was coaching Glenn's two older brothers at the beautiful Trabrook Pool on Townsville's palm-lined seafront. I was daydreaming of Olympic Games, perfectly happy, when Les Buchanan, Glenn's dad, arrived accompanied by this little pocket dynamo. He had his beach towel slung over his shoulders and he was wearing green and gold speedos. He had an old pair of goggles borrowed from his brother perched on his head. He was a real harem scarum kid, the youngest of four boys, all raised on Dr. Spock. What can you do with this young fella? Les inquired dryly. How old is he? I quizzed. Four. Les, look, I don't start them till they're six, I replied. Six? This was in the era before I had any experience in teaching babies to swim. Nowadays, four years of age, teaching them to swim is a dream. Laurie, please, he's a big, strong fool, as argued, while young Glenn pushed his chest out, beamed and fiddled with his goggles. Les, for safety reasons, they have to be able to stand up in the big pool. I just can't take the risk, I argued back. Les replied, one of us, mother, grandmother or myself, will always be here with him. Try him, try him, he pleaded. He's driving us crazy. He wants to learn to swim. Yeah, and you want him to drive me crazy, I joked. So I took him for his first lesson. I put Glenn in the baby's pool and he cried for an hour. Great start, I thought. Les sat quietly by watching waiting patiently as I tried to control and reason with this squirming, kicking, crying four-year-old. Finally, we both called truce and I let him run to his dad. Good boy, you swim great, enthused Les. He went on. He went okay, Laurie. He went okay. What? I asked incredulously. I couldn't believe my eyes. He went good. Will you take him on? He's a strong four, and I'm sure he'll learn to swim quickly. As you can see, he's got a bit of ginger in him. I considered cutting my losses then and sending him to terrorise Peter Tibbs. Peter 
now a Cairns scuba diving instructor, was my rival swim coach in Townsville at the time. However, I'm a sucker for positive people, and Les was quietly persuasive. One of those characters who helps make Australia great and who are the backbone of many Australian families. So, I resisted the temptation to axe Glenn's swimming lessons then and there. On reflection, I'm sure life would have been a whole lot drearier had Glenn Robert Buchanan not stayed around. He was a fun guy and full of all sorts of tricks around the pool. I remember vividly the day that I took Glenn into the big pool for the first time. It was a Tuesday morning in February, a day on which the tourist bus arrived at the Trebrook pool to show inquisitive southerners where the great Dawn Fraser had trained and broken many world records. Glenn's grandmother brought him down that day for his first swimming lesson in the big pool. He's a strong boy at four, she enthused. Well, she must have been under instruction from Les not to antagonise the coach. By this time, Glenn had mastered floating in the small pool and was kicking at unbelievable speed for a small boy. His stumpy legs would thrash the water as he moved effortlessly from one side to the other of the little pool. I sat him on the edge of the Trebrook pool with four other youngsters and I slid into the pool, swimming out about five metres, ready to catch each child as they had their turn. How deep is it? the wary little boy inquired. Just over your head, I replied. Will you catch me? a tremor in his voice. Of course. Where's Grandma? She's watching. Where? Over there, I replied and pointed. That was my big mistake. Once he knew where Grandma was, he was off like a rocket, little legs pumping fast in her direction, with me in hot pursuit. Grandma! Grandma! I'm sick! He screamed as he draped his wet body around his grandmother's legs. You'll be okay, mate. Grandma's here. Gee's a strong boy, Laurie, she enthused as I arrived, two steps behind, wondering how I'd let myself get talked into teaching this headstrong little boy to swim. But it was too late now. There was no turning back. I'd committed myself to Glenn's family, and I had to complete the job, however distasteful. Come here. He'll be right, I assured Glenn's grand, smiling through gritted teeth, and I dragged him screaming and kicking back to the poolside. I'm sick! I'm sick, Gran! I'm sick! Glenn pleaded, but to no avail. Grandma was sympathetic, but firm, as grandmas usually are. Back you go, young man, she insisted. Just as I sat Glenn back onto the pool deck, a busload of southern tourists arrived. By now, Glenn had decided that since he'd received no help from Gran, he'd put some faith in his own legs. No way he was going to have a swimming lesson, and especially if he had to swim over deep water. He formulated a plan of attack. No sooner had I dived into the pool than Glenn was off again, stubby little legs driving like pistons on an old steam train. He was at full speed, and no dumb old swim coach was going to catch him. Well, he was quick for a four-year-old, but I played rugby for Australia, and I was in hot pursuit. 
I brushed through the busload of tourists who had gathered in the foyer, yelling and undignified, excuse me, as I chased the screaming child. Glenn headed out of the front gate and off towards the beach. No, no, save me, save me, Grandma, Grandma, save me. As I gave chase, one well-meaning old lady, sporting a large white hat and coloured brolly, turned to her husband. Did you see that, Harry? A child molester. Follow him. No, Maud, no, Maud. Ring the police then, Harry. No, Maud. There goes his grandmother. Help her. No, Maud. We'll mind our own business. Glenn was no match for my fast twitch fibres. I caught him and swooped him off his feet ten metres outside the front gate. The difficult part was bringing him back through the hostile tourists. Maud pushed forward, brandishing her brolly. You should be ashamed of yourself, young man. Yes, ma'am, I answered and sidestepped quickly. Save me, save me, Glenn screamed, arms outstretched. You poor dear, Maud sympathised. Then she snapped at me. Do you know what you're doing to this young child, you monster? Yes, ma'am. I'm teaching him to swim. I sidestepped again and headed for the safety of the pool. Have you ever heard of the gentle method used by Forbes Carlyle? She screamed and followed me towards the pool, waving her brolly threateningly. Yes, ma'am. I'm using that method right now, I called over my shoulder as I jumped back into the pool with Glenn draped and screaming around my neck. Well done, Laurie, Grandma smiled approvingly, and turning to Maud with a dignity exclusive to Grandma's, said, Madam, I would appreciate it if you would mind your own business. Maud left, and Harry smiled. Glenn survived his traumatic baptism, and so did I, but from that day on I knew he was going to be trouble. As the years rolled by, Glenn developed into a real practical joker. As a ten-year-old during Townsville's rainy season, he would sit soaked to the skin in a ten-inch puddle outside his home, smack bang in the middle of Mango Avenue. Here, he had only a pair of bike handles visible. His legs were outstretched and submerged. He would hold the handlebars in one hand and gestulate with the other, redirect traffic around the puddle. Years passed and Glenn won the Australian Age Championships and, as did many other young swimmers, dreamed of representing his country. He tried for the Commonwealth Games in Edmonton but missed out and like so many youngsters with broken dreams he promptly retired. But in Glen Buchanan the dream of representing Australia was strong and that dream was reignited four years later when he came to Brisbane to do a teacher training course at Kelvin Grove Teachers College. He watched Tracy Wickham swims during the Commonwealth Games and he was inspired. He kept his dream secret from his parents, his sweetheart and his coach for so long because of the insecurity, the improbability which surrounded it. Then, in October 1982, he walked into the Chandler Pool. He still had that cheeky grin 
He was 30 pounds overweight. No one could have guessed his secret ambition to become an Australian Olympian within two years. Hi, Laurie. Got room for a fat man? He greeted me. Can you still swim? Course. Not fast, though. What are you doing? What do you want? I'm doing a teaching course at Kelvin Grove, and I'd like to get fit again, he said, patting his tummy. Too much beer. Too much good living, he said. Glenn, I don't mind your training here, as long as you don't shirk training. I've got some pretty tough young kids here, and I don't want them getting into any bad habits. No problem. Where do you want me to train? Lane two with all those young girls. What? he said, but he obeyed, and he soon found they were the toughest young kids he'd ever trained with. The first six months of training were uneventful, humdrum and painful, as he ground himself back into swimming fitness. He lost nearly 14 pounds and survived my hell camp at Talabudgera. He improved his 100 butterfly time from 68 to a sub-minute at the Queensland Swimming Championships. It was nothing fancy by Australian standards, but he was starting to feel good and to get competitive. I talked to him about competing in the national championships in Tasmania. Glenn, the club needs a couple of extra men in relays in Hobart for the champion club point score. Would you like to come? Relays only? Well, seeing you're there to do the relays, you may as well nominate for the 100 free and the 100 and 200 butterfly for extra points. Not the 200 fly, I'll never make it. Do you want me to tell your little training mates, Jody, Bronwyn, Peter, Raylene and the others that big, tough Glenn chickened out and let down the high standard of the animal lane? You wouldn't. Want a bet? No, no. Okay, I'll do it. I couldn't face those kids at training if I chickened out. Four weeks later, straight and proud in his Queensland blazer, Glenn Robert Buchanan stepped on the plane for Tasmania. The trip turned out to be mostly a fun time, but just before his race, he came up to me a bundle of nerves. Laurie, the butterflies are tearing, tearing at my guts, he said. Why? Well, I haven't raced for so long. I'm nervous. I'm packing it. Glenn, save your energy for the race, I replied. How? He questioned. Well, no matter how much you worry, you won't be able to slow your opposition down. That's a fact. So, why worry? Yes, I know, but the only person that you can control is you. Anxiety tenses, tightens and fatigues muscles and burns energy. Lie down and focus on your swim, not the result. Plan and rehearse your race in advance. Listen to some music. Then, when you race, make the most of your opportunity. Racing is merely a celebration of talent. Just do your best. He walked slowly away. I'd given him food for thought. In spite of his anxiety, he made the 100 metres butterfly final. One day after these national championships, Glenn collared me after training at Chandler Pool. Laurie? Yes, Glenn. Laurie? Yes, Glenn. Laurie, I was wondering... Uh, uh, 
Yes, Glenn? I was wondering if you would coach me for the Olympics. He blurted out. His dream was now public. Glenn, I don't know if you can make it, but we'll give it a bloody big shake, mate, I said, happy that he had now acknowledged and shared publicly his goal. Laurie, I, I don't want anyone to know. It's just a secret dream. I don't know if I can do it, but if I don't, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Well, you've got nothing to lose, mate. Give it your best. We'll all be proud. No one, not even Mary Rose, Glenn's girlfriend and now his wife, must know, he said. I want to do it on my own. Financially, it's tough, but I want to give it a shot. Well, since you're serious, I have an old granny flat on my property in Miller's Road. If you help me paint it, make it presentable, you can stay there rent-free as long as you don't miss any training. And as long as you stay committed to your dream. Oh, you're on. When can I see it? Tomorrow. The next day, he and Mary Rose arrived for the inspection. The old disused granny flat underwent some hasty repairs. Every spare moment Glenn had over the next few weeks, he was there, painting walls and tiling the kitchen floor. Mary Rose worked just as hard, scrubbing, cleaning, hanging curtains, bringing in paintings and plants. Mal, his older brother, attended to the plumbing. The transformation was stunning. The trio turned the place into a presentable bachelor's flat and it became the boy's home for the next 16 months. Once he had a permanent home with reduced financial burden, Glenn was able to commit himself totally to his training. Each night, as an extra, he'd wander over and we'd do 500 sit-ups together on the lounge floor. Things were progressing steadily. He was moving slowly towards his goal. One winter's morning, around 4.15, when only the milkman and T.J. Smith was up training the famous Kingston town, crazy swim coaches and their equally crazy pupils are up too. I called into Frangipani Lodge. I was in good spirits. I arrived to wake up Glenn and the boys for the 20-minute drive to training. Michael Delaney, Mean Machine member, was staying with Glenn at the time. Glenn decided he really didn't want to get up for training that morning. After all, previous day, there'd been a going-away party for an old mate. He had a late night, he had a couple of pots, and besides, it was a bloody chilly morning. Laurie, I'm going to skip training today, he yawned. In such circumstances, I'm not the most patient swimming coach in the world. However... I mustered my sweetest voice and said, OK, mate, and went back to the main house looking for an ally. I found it in the shape of a blue plastic bucket. I hope I am forgiven for what I then did. I raided the fridge and the deep freezer of all available ice cubes. I emptied them into the bucket. I made a fabulous cold water polis. Then I marched back over to Frangipani Lodge and into Glenn's room. Bucket at the ready, eyes narrowed and breathing fire. He looked so angelic, snuggled up in his warm bed. But he was the one who had promised he wouldn't miss training. So I had no remorse. 
I'd been reading out back poetry to my daughters the night before, so it seemed appropriate that as I emptied the frozen contents of the plastic bucket onto the sleeping swimmer, I let out a blood-curdling yell. I'm not sure if it was the yell or the ice that woke him. The deed done, I spun around towards Delaney and spat, you're next. Mean Machine member Michael Delaney promptly broke his first world record. He was up, dressed in speedos and tracksuit, and sitting in the front seat of the waiting car in 4.86 seconds. It was truly a remarkable achievement. Glenn took a little bit longer, but he did train that day, and he took his punishment like a man. Glenn Robert Buchanan's persistence paid off and he had the last laugh at Los Angeles in August 1984. I saluted him on that day. The dream he'd nurtured as a young boy bore fruit because he dared to try. He dared to chase his dream. He dared to be different. He climbed the ladder slowly, one painful step at a time, never losing sight of his dream. Congratulations, Glenn. You're an absolute inspiration to thousands of young kids getting up 4.30 every morning and heading towards the pool for training. Well done. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Stuff the Silver. We're going for gold. To stay up to date with all episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. For more information, visit laurielawrence.com.au. It's alive to the fire!